You are listening to Raices Verdes, a platform dedicated to validating, archiving, and sharing the experiences of people of color, indigenous people, and other marginalized voices in connection to the environment. My name is Samara Almonte, and I acknowledge that we are recording on Coast Salish land today, which I have not asked permission to be here today, and it's historically the home of many tribes. So today, I'm really excited for this episode. It's um, one of my closest friends, and they are a first-gen Aquarius queen who recently graduated from Western Washington University with a degree in biocultural anthropology and a minor in education and social justice. Daniela strives to bridge the gap between what others might consider to be a traditional science with the social science and highlight that human connection that human connection that is usually overlooked. As Daniela begins to start her adulting journey, she hopes to find herself in the field in the field of midwifery to help future mothers take control of their birthing experiences and help restore birthing rights from this over-medicalized practice. Daniela is a self-proclaimed Fresa de Rancho super fan, and when she's not busy running around doing too many things at one time, she enjoys watching cheesy rom-coms and going on dates with her friends, aka me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just am really excited to interview her because I kind of want to start a theme going with the next couple episodes around health and the environment, but we'll get more into that. So before we get started, hi, Dani. Hello. Okay, we're so excited to have you here. I'm excited too. I'm a little nervous, hi. but super excited. Yes. Um, so just kind of how I like to start out with everyone is asking them to get to know them more. What do you consider your raíces verdes, your green roots to be? Like, what has been your connection to the environment historically, maybe your families, like that kind of thing? My connection is kind of been so I like got these questions and I was able to like reflect about it and it's been really good reflection time for me because I feel like I really don't have like that kind of traditional sense of like um, a connection to the environment just because um, if anything I feel like my connection has more been about like displacement um, because my family has like lived like in big cities and we've always moved so we haven't really I haven't had the opportunity to really like have generations and like roots in a certain tierra just because like we're always always like moving 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 um you know my mom is from the dfe uh but she moved here like when she, for school um when she was like in her 30s already so we've always like kind of like been like in the u.s so like i've been here but like my family's been over there and then like um my dad is from bogota uh, in Colombia, but he moved when he was a teenager to like the U.S. Um, and so I have never been able to go there. And so I kind of feel like there's always been this, this lack of connection to like certain tierra. Um, one thing I think about a lot, if you know, people know um, that actually I was co-chairs with Samara for Mecha and Mecha had this whole idea, not as much anymore, <laughs> hopefully, um, right. about this idea about slam and this, um, you know, this idea of like, you know, this land certain parts of land related back to Mexico but for me I always felt like I didn't really know if I could really identify with that because I don't really know like how my family relates to those lands um you know like we've had like a lot of um like there's been a lot of immigration like my um my grandpa my mom's side is from like from Germany um and my you know from there like my bisabuelos like some of them come from Spain um and so I don't really get to know like what that means to, to connect so when I think about those like raíces verdes, I think more instead about like sustainability within like um, generational trauma instead. And like those are the kind of like the roots I want to try and put in place now for like my family. Um, I have like a super gorgeous eight a month old niece. Oh and eight months. Eight months. So I can't fast. believe that happened already. She's absolutely stunning. Um, has two little teeth now. Is crawling. Um, and so I think about that about like what kind of like roots I want to lay down for her in terms of like. Um, healing um in terms of like uh recovering from like you know like these neg this toxic environment that we're in especially right now with like the political environment um and so thinking about like how, what i want to give to her and like how, what i want to do in terms of, like for my family in terms of like um healing from like different kinds of trauma um and those are the like the roots i want to lay instead um and i don't think that necessarily that ne doesn't necessarily need to relate to like geography um, and so that's something that I've been kind of like trying to explore and think about like how do I want to do that like how am I going to make this sustainable in that sense um, in terms of like how am I going to keep like these practices like in um, not in my own life but like not just in my own life but also like in like my niece's life and my sibling's life and my parents life um, and like mis abuelos and all that and like how I want that to continue after me and like how I, the, how I want them to take those practices into their own life as well. 
Right. And I think something I've loved the most about this podcast is that everyone just interprets green roots, rices verdes, in such a different way. Like my own thought process when I came up with the name was like a very specific experience also of like, you know, in Michoacan, like very specific connection to land there that I know that everyone has and like those lived experiences. And then like, you know, this is what the eighth episode and just within eight episodes, like everyone has already had such a different Mm -hmm. answer, which I really love because I think that's the point of this, right? That like we all have different experiences with the environment, especially as people of color, because we all have like different migrations. Like you just listed, you know, like so many different countries that like so many nations that had to come to like create you, like, and everyone has that in some way. So like everyone's gonna like have a different experience with land. And like, then what does it look like to be occupying someone else's land, right? So like, it's just so, I don't know. And that just makes me really happy to like know that like everyone is just interpreting this in a different way because that's exactly what it is. We all like are going to interact with the environment differently. And it has to do a lot with like generational like experiences with that. Um, so the topic today for us is immigration, health, and the environment. And um, as you kind of just heard, Danny's lived most of her life here in the U.S. and so have I. So I just want to put out there that we are both um, coming from a U.S. citizen perspective and like we can only speak on that truth of like being daughters of different immigrants and like different um, grandparents have immigrated and so we don't reflect the experience of immigration from like an undocumented perspective and um, maybe later on the podcast or like for sure online I'll put resources to like podcasts and other accounts that definitely talk more from that experience but I just want to make sure that like people don't think we're speaking on behalf of Um, immigrants in terms of health and the environment or that that's necessarily experience we have so going down now to that theme how do you feel like your current job relates to your undergrad education like you said you were a biocultural anthropology uh, major but your current job I know is a little bit different than that so how does that relate yeah Um, so I recently started my first big girl job I work at CMAR which is a community health clinic I am working out of Marysville so if you're ever in the area stop by Um, And with that job, I am doing a lot of preventative health work. So anyone who's already been diagnosed or pre-diagnosed with diabetes, um, has hypertension, asthma, or like excessive tobacco cessation, I kind of counsel them and give them advice and resources, explaining to them like what the physiological processes are going on with their body. Um, What are some triggers that might be like uh, worsening their case? Um, What are things they could do to kind of diminish that and how they can make it to be like more sustainable practices so that, you know, they can have those long, healthy lives if that's what they want. Um, So that's like what I'm doing with my job right now. But with my studies in school, I was um, the what bioculture anthropology kind of means or what I try to focus on was how um, people's cultures and their environments impacted their body and their body development and then comparing that like transnationally. And so with this job, I'm actually finding like I'm using a lot of the cl- the information I learned from my classes in my job because a lot of the the biggest population I work with are Latinx families. Um, and a lot of them are trying to adapt to this society and to what like the food that we're given. Um, and they're struggling because it's not the same that it was back in the país. So like, you know, like um, having, you know, for example, tortilla, right? Like a lot of people in Mexico like make it like the mano and here it's not as often, so like a lot more processed. Um, and so because of that, it's increasing, um, you know, more carbs, you're getting like more sugar um, and that's increasing like your, you know, your sugar levels in your, in your body and just really making a very prevalent type 2 diabetes, which is like a huge uh, issue, especially within like the Latinx population as well as like hypertension. Um, because again, like we don't we don't really measure, you know, like for example, like when we make tamales, right? You just put salt, salt, salt. Like oh, this needs a little bit more, so mm-hmm. we put more. Makes you taste not really to a measurement. Exactly, and because of that, we don't really know what we're taking. But also too, we put that in the carne, we put that in like the salsas. If you're mixing with other things, um, you know, you're just adding more and more, and you really don't know like what you're consuming. And then if you're doing that like diario, like it's making it worse and worse and worse. And on top of that, you know, it's not food that are like coming from the tierra, like versus like when you're like in your país, like maybe you were eating like that. And so it's different. So you have to like adapt and you have to um, acclimate to like what is in our society and they're struggling a lot. Um, so that's been really interesting with like with my studies, like that's what we looked a lot about, like about like how like people's like cultures impacted that. But it's interesting how like what happens if you try and 
have that culture which isn't necessarily tied to any kind of geography and you're putting that into like a different setting and how people do and some people do really well and they're able to adapt um and i think we see that within like uh second first generation um kids born into this like new country um second generation third generation but that very first like um wave of immigration is the one that struggles the most um so it's been good because like allowing me to be like okay i'm really thinking putting these things into practice but also too it's like what can i do and how can i use my own experiences be like um you know like this is what you can adjust um there's sometimes there's some physicians who for example tell patients like don't eat any more tortillas <laughs> and um you know because they're eating like five tortillas like and cada um cada comida. yeah you know like if you're having like you know, huevos con tortilla, like, and you're having, like, five tortillas there, and then you're having another five for lunch, and, like, maybe another three for dinner, like, that is already, like, 13 tortillas in one day, right, and if you're doing that every day, seven days a week, like, that's, you know, that's a yeah, problem. but that's, like, normal home, because, like you said, like, you are making it at exactly, home, so yeah. it's, like, the, just the amount of things that go into, like, tortillas made at home are so different. Exactly, you know? especially because, you know, si son de maíz, like, you know, like, most people are getting it from, like, like del cosecha, like, you know, they're, they're growing it right there, versus here, all the corn is processed, like, GMOs, like, all those, those things, and, like, that processing being refined, um, it's, it's an issue, and it's not the same thing, right. even though you're eating something that's, like, very similar. Um, but, like, with these patients that, like, they're being told that they have to, like, no more tortillas, no more arroz, like, no more, like, frijoles, like, things like that, like, I've been in appointments with patients where like they start to cry and um you know like my Venus is in Pisces and so like <laughs> I sympathize a lot and I want to cry with them because they are so unhappy because they can't eat food that makes them happy and like mm. people should be able to eat whatever you want like you know like I love like those things as well like there's things that I know you shouldn't be eating but it's just like you know talk about once in a while like whatever you know like it's <laughs> right. a guilty pleasure but um, if when it's affecting your health, what do you do? Now you're literally choosing like your um, those pleasures over your life. Like, uh, like essentially, that's what it's coming down to. Um, people's culture away. Like they need that. Like that. That's what keeps them. That sustains them. That's what keeps them happy. That's what gives them the relationship with people. Um, I've had like other appointments with uh, patients where like you know they like they're sharing their foods. This is like what they did in their and their pueblo. This is what this person did in their pueblo, and that's how like they're making those um, you know breaking communion, right? Um, and if you don't have that food, then like it's almost like I don't know what I can offer you now, and it shouldn't it shouldn't be like that. Right. Um, it's just a matter of survival. Like you come into a new country, and, like all you can like have that you like you're like well at least like fun is fun here or there you know tortillas a tortilla is the same donde sea que estamos en el mundo you know so I feel yeah. like it's a it comes down to survival like you literally are like this is I don't even have the language right now yet you exactly. know I, let alone the friends like this is it this mm -hmm. is all I have and you're taking that away from me yeah people. well I guess not necessarily like taking away because like we want to but it's just like, like you said how do you adapt then? Uh, yeah and and so that's been like really hard and, and a lot of times too you know I think like within I mean I I'm not going to say this just within the Latinx um, community. I think it's in a lot of POC community in general, this whole thing about, um, you know, like mental health, like any kind of hidden illness. So mental health, diabetes is like a silent killer because sometimes like you're fine, you're still doing the same thing you're, and you don't notice, but then like you take your a sugar test and it's, you know, super high. Um, but like you're still able to get up every day, you're going on, you're doing right. whatever like the you need to do. The symptoms are different. The symptoms are different until one day it's not. Like now, like you're starting to like find like blindness in your eyes. You can't feel your toes anymore. You know, it's some serious things. Like it can cause like you know like stroke, heart attack, and you just wake up one day and it's like I didn't even know I had this thing. And so these conversations aren't being talked about. Um, but it's hard to convince people who like don't want to make those changes because they're just like I've been eating the exact same thing all these years. Nada me ha pasado. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like, no, like, if you want to live these next 10 years, if you want to spend this time with, like, your kids, like, you know, with your grandkids, if you want to see these next parts of your life, you need to make these changes now. Um, and for some people, they feel like, you know, nunca me va pasar, like, or, like, there's no point, like, I'm already too far deep. And it's like, no, like, you can make those changes, but you need to start now. Like, we need to right. have these conversations. Or I feel like even also the fact that, like, especially within the Lat Latinx community, we're so Catholic, you know, mm -hmm. the Catholicism. I, I, I'm just speaking from experience of, like, seeing a lot of, like, elders in my community being like pues que sea lo que Dios quiera. you yeah. know if God wills it then you know or in other communities be inshallah you know like yeah. in whatever I feel like maybe other POC communities have that you know that saying of like well if that's what God wants you know yeah and I feel like we especially as like Catholics tend to do that where it's just like um, you know, like, well, like, if that's what God wants for me, then that's that. And it's yeah. like, no, like, God 
or whoever you're praying to really wants you to like take the time yeah. to change these habits you know so i feel like there's a lot of complacency almost kind it of in is. that too where it's just like well that's just how things are it's my time to go and it's like like you said you could live like an extra five ten years if you just change like little things right now like incremental changes you know could go like a long way yeah exactly um and so yeah exactly that and i think you know with this job it's been really interesting because i get to explain those processes of like glycolysis like with diabetes like um what insulin is like um you know what how that serves your body like why you need sugar but why you need it in moderation things like that and so i'm able to apply those like biology classes but again to like the social and so like i said in my introduction like i really strive to try and bridge the gap between like something like a more traditional science like biology like chemistry, just understanding the, yeah the technical parts of it exactly but how that relates back to like society and to humans who are like actually going through these things because if you can't bridge it then what's the point for example like you know like my grandma right like my uh, my grandma on my dad's side um you know my ita she's from colombia right and from there it's very different from where she lives now in los angeles um it's very hot in los angeles like she is the kind of person like if it's too hot she won't go outside if it's too cold she won't go outside um <laughs> versus like in bogota like it's cold there but it's pretty consistent all the time um and i had like asked her like you know like do you think that you would be healthier um because she's a pre-diabetic person um if you were had stayed in colombia and when we had this conversation like at first she said no and so then i was like okay well like let's think about this like what about this what about that um and it kind of came out that like yeah like she kind of was like oh you know what i think i think i'm mistaken i think i would be healthier because like they're like i have people to hang out with i have like it's a better climate so i can go actually go walk around um she has like poor circulation the heat really messed with the circulation if it was something more consistent she like it would that would help with it she has arthritis um you know so like having like a steady like clima like that helps that helps reduce those inflammation right, as well like coldness tends to like make your bones hurt more and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. um yeah but also excessive heat also does it as well and like with you know climate oh, change mm-hmm. yeah in, in climate change um <laughs> you know california right now like some days is like it's like a hundred and something yeah. uh, you know you know um, she doesn't do that. So, like, you know, if you're not exercising, that also contributes to, like, your diabetes um, or your pre-diabetes diagnosis. Um, and, and know, like, the way, like, streets and everything are set up in L.A. is not always a walkable city, yeah. especially in, like, more, like, the black and brown neighborhoods. Like, it is not, like, meant for you to be walking around because, like, streets are really wide. Like, like the, I mean, not streets, but, like, um, where, like, cars are driving really wide. So that means crosswalks are really long. And yes. it can be scary, especially for an elder to, like, cross a street that's, mm-hmm. like, you know, three or four lanes. Like, it's just also not made for people to just be walking around. Yeah, like, and, and Maita's strong. Like, she, like, you know, she can hold her own, all these things. But also she's 80, you know. So, you know, these are things that she needs to be mindful. She lives on her own. So those are things that need to be, like, mindful as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I really like about um, what I'm doing now is, like, I'm able to... I, I have these personal experiences, so, like, I know where they're coming from. And I also know, too, like, with, like, my studies that, like, I know how I can frame these things and word these things. So hopefully it'll make that connection with, like, oh, yeah, let me consider that. Like, actually, I think you're right. This is something I need to consider um, changing. And I think something I can do. And um, my role is to be like, yes, like, let me help you do that. Like, I'm like, how can we do this together? And that's one thing I really liked about, like, CMAR and about it being, like, a community health clinic is that instead of having the patients come to me, I meet the patients where they're at and we do it as a collective work. And that's something I feel like um, with, you know, the ESJ minor, um, I learned a lot about that. And that was essentially what the minor was, is how are we doing collective work? How are we making it sustainable? And how are we doing it um, in a way that instead of, it's with, not withholding knowledge. You know, because I want to be like, oh, well, you have to come to me every Tuesday if you want me to tell you about your diabetes. And if not, you know, like, it's like, no, like, that's not, that's not going to work. They're not going to want to come. And it doesn't matter, like, um, whether I tell them things or not, because if they're not, if they don't understand, if they're not taking it home and, like, doing those things in praxis, it's not going to work. Like, they're still going to have this diabetes diagnosis, um, or it's still gonna, it's gonna continue getting worse. It's gonna get to like those like higher levels, like twelve or a fourteen A one C. Right. Where it's which, just like so much more. Like at that point, it can be like any sort of change you make will not make that much of a difference. Exactly. Yeah. Because like now it's affecting of the parts of your body. Like now you're losing your sight. Um, you have to lose a toe because like you mm-hmm. didn't feel when you stepped on a nail, and you got an infection. Uh, you know, you're having a heart attack. You know, like all these things. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, how it can be like, respectful of other communities, right? Um, you know, Marysville, 
um, is really close to the Tulalip tribe. Um, and that's also, I mean, that's a whole other thing too, like about right. like, you know, like, yeah, that was actually like my next question. Do, if like the communities that you work with are predominantly Latinx or if there's other like communities of color that you see and if like within those communities are like there, can you like, are you able to know if like some of them are like first generation immigration or like that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, so in terms of the communities, I do think it seems like the the client, or not the clientele, the patients that come into Seymour, at least in Marysville, they are predominantly Latinx. Um, we do get a lot of like white folks. Um, they we do get um, some like Asian folks, uh, and then like the tribe as well, some tribe members as well. But with that, I've heard there's been a lot of um, disparity because I think there's a, a lot of harm that maybe has come to them before where they don't necessarily feel like comfortable with can come to CMAR or like mm-hmm. they don't want that kind of um, like mistrust mistrust yeah, yeah like from the tribal members that's what it seems like it seems like you know like there's just like this big thing but like uh this big issue um but when they come into the clinic they don't really take what they've learned and like go put into practice mm-hmm. um and so you know that community is not being helped and uh you know from school from like you know my friends um, I know that there is a huge issue with diabetes as well, as well within that community because, again, like, colonization, um, you know, the boarding schools, like, what they were given, you know, just, like, flour and... Mm-hmm. To eat, if yeah. we, You know, like, you know, I love fried bread, but also, too, fried bread has no nutritional value to it. Right. Um, and that's caused a lot of issues, and, like, there's a severe obesity issue within, like, um, you know, a lot of POC communities, but especially in that one, too. Um, and CMAR is there to help like I'm there to help but I also want to like learn I think I want to learn how I can go into that community and be invited in rather than being like I have this knowledge then let me just dump it on you Mm -hmm. Um, and I want it to be something where like it's actually like welcome and it's it's wanted and um, something where we can actually build a relationship rather than being you know like you need to come to me like I want to go to them and see and see what I can do um, so there's those kind of communities um, in that area. And I think in every CMR location, there's different demands. Um, but that what, that's what it seems thus far in, in Marysville. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like uh, generational status, um, a lot of them seem to be kind of like uh, recent Im- immigrants or they've been here, uh, or they're like grandparents, so like they have their kids that are first gen mm-hmm. um, or their grandkids may be first gen. Um, there are a lot of families that come or like couples that come, um, like, you know, like older, like married couples that come, they'll just do their appointment together. Um, but other than that, like, I think you find that out more just like having the discussions, which again, I like too, with like my job is like, I'm there just to have a discussion with people. So like they stay as long as they want. If they have 15 minutes, okay, we meet for 15 minutes. If you want to make an appointment, you know, like if I can come and like bother you right after your doctor's um, appointment, like I will come and grab you. Um, and we, yeah, we just have a conversation and be like, okay, what is it that you think, um, you're struggling with? What is your diagnosis? Um, and what can we do and how can I help you? And like, do you need this? Do you need these resources? Here's an example of, um, maybe some alternative foods so you can eat, uh, things to consider. Here's like a goal so you can visually see, like, you know, your A1C level is here. It needs to come down to here. If this happens, here are some like possible natural consequences that will happen if your A1C level stays at this level. Um, things essentially things like that mm-hmm. so I know you already talked a little bit about like your grandma talking about her health changing with like immigration and like the change in her environment but has there been other family members that you feel like they've also talked about that change or do you feel like even within the patients that you've seen like do you feel like they've also reflected on the fact that their like immigration brought that change in their health and in their environment um, I have from patients, um, I hear a lot of things that like, oh, in mi país comemos así así, y like, um, pero cuando, cuando vine acá este, a los Estados Unidos, like, I like, gained a lot of weight, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like, what happened, like, you know, like, I, <laughs> you know, like, I'm not exercising, uh, I'm, I feel like the biggest one, and I've seen that within my own family, especially with my mom, um, that they um they were like working they used to do one thing in their country and then when they come here now they're doing something completely different Mm. like for example um you know i've heard people who were like they were like engineers or they were like mechanics um back in the respective countries and they moved to the u.s now they're dishwashers you know so again too um with that like the kind of exercise they were doing is completely different now like they are the physical demand is different um and so that's like kind of been an issue and then you know like for example if you're working in a restaurant most of the time you eat whatever the restaurant gives mm-hmm. um and that might not necessarily be something that you're used to or it's something that's like you know like for example like 
here in the U.S., there's fast food everywhere, pizza everywhere, hamburgers everywhere, versus, like, some place like, for example, in Mexico, that stuff, it's there, but it's not as prevalent. And even the way you eat it, too, because, like, I know when I eat, like, a hamburger in Mexico, it's, like, a whole different yeah. experience, right? Like, it has, like, the meat, and I feel like the patty's really thin, uh-huh. but then they add things like quesalchicha, queso Oaxaca, like, uh-huh. all these other things that maybe aren't necessarily, like, the healthiest, but are definitely produced a lot healthier than it would in the yeah. U.S. Like, they're not as processed, like you were saying earlier. So I feel like even that experience is so different. Or the pizza, too. Like, the ingredients they use in that pizza that you had, if, especially if it's, like, not the, like, Domino's, you know, whatever brand mm-hmm. in Mexico, but just, like, a home, like, a local um, pizza shop is also so different, too. Exactly. So it's, like, even if they were having those things back home, it probably wasn't, like, yeah. processed nearly enough exactly. as much as here in the U.S. And also, we're a very car-dependent country. Yes, super. Um, totally. And and I think that also limits people as well because, like, you know, especially um, in, like, the Seattle area, like, there's a lot of people experiencing homelessness mm-hmm. or, um, you know, like, have to commute using the bus, which, you know, doesn't necessarily mean you'll get to a certain place at a certain time. Um, so it's easier to just eat whatever, like, your work is giving you. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's, like, the healthiest and especially the biggest thing. And I've heard even from my cousins that come um, you know, that come to visit me, like, a lot of them are just like, I would never move to the U.S. Like, I, <laughs> I, I love you, but, like, I don't love this country um, for, like, right reasons. But the biggest thing has been the portions. The portions oh, yeah. <laughs> here are ridiculous. Like, you know, um, I used to work as a waitress in Bellingham oh and gosh, at the yeah. restaurant I used to work at like the appetizers were the size of a meal right. and people would still order the appetizer and then order the meal um which is like ridiculous like you know how can you do that I remember when my cousin came um from Mexico one time he was just like what is this like I'm cool <laughs> super like sizey or whatever that movie yeah. is yeah. and even what even and that's the thing that's like the weird thing about the U.S. is that we have documentaries like super size me where like, they go in like they I literally show you I know what's in a like a chicken nugget <laughs> and I know that like low-key on the side Girl, like, i just had mcdonald's last night <laughs> like literally yeah you no, know stuff like that and it's and it's hard to beat those prices because like they're so cheap right. and it's so bad for you like i've um you know i've seen yeah i've done like some work really with like the migrant communities um like in like the siege of Willie and like mount vernon area and i've heard a lot of debate where it's just like it's easier for me to buy five happy meals than to buy one apple because you know like five happy meals like what costs like like five maybe six dollars and that's the same as one apple but i have five kids to, to feed right so like how and an apple's not gonna fill you the same not, way exactly a whole and, meal like exactly. a whole happy meal is mm-hmm. gonna fill you yeah and then and that's the thing too like you know is it really filling you is filling you for the moment like the apple might be good but you know like you need to eat like the whole apple and you know, if you do rabanadas, like that's a snack, and that's not going to fill like your kids either. So it's kind of like it's a lose lose. Yeah. No, definitely, because these communities are disproportionately living in food deserts too, exactly. or like food swamps. But the swamp of food is just all, like you said, fast food everywhere. So it's like either way, it's a lose situation. Either you have a lot of food, but it's not good food around, or you have nothing and you have to like travel really far for a grocery store mm-hmm. and whatever. So, yeah. Um, so I, like, uh, this is more like I've seen pictures on your social media from your work, but, um, <laughs> it looks like you have, like, some sort of garden yes. thing, too, so, like, what does that, um, look like in terms of, like, the, what they offer, I guess, for the patients, or what is that about? Yeah, um, so in the back of our clinic, we have a community garden, which I'm supposed to be in charge of, so I'm, to I'm supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't personally know, again, because I don't know, like, mm-hmm. how to garden or farm or anything like that so that's something i'm excited to learn how to do because i do feel like that is where like uh as a society that's where we're moving to because of climate change and about like the how like the lack of care we give like to our earth um that but also too like with all this like technology and all these things like we're like we might not that like we it might be very possible that like we're only going to get our food source from the earth and for the people who don't know and who just rely on like amazon grocery stores whatever um that they're not going to find food anymore you know so we need to learn how to again how to go back to those roots and how to learn how to take care of the earth and how to do it properly um so so yeah so we have a community garden um and it's supposed to be for the patients that come in like they can come take it they can come help volunteer in it um i guess like the soil though that we have like not a lot of um vegetables grew this season um but we do have a lot of kale (laughs) but again that's a that's i think that example is like it's really important to highlight because we have a lot of kale and that did grow but patients 
again, especially because they're predominantly Latinx, don't eat kale. Yeah. So or I've that, never tried it. I've never before. tried it. Yeah. So one thing that's like really cool that we get to do is that we get to do like food demo classes. Um, hopefully, would have been like using like uh, like vegetables that we got from our garden. Um, but since not a lot grew this season, um, we get to, you know, we obviously we, we go buy it and we do the demos and we give it to the patients and we're there with them, like talking and having conversations like here. Like, like for example, we did, um, I went to a demo in Mount Vernon actually with our beloved friend Anna mm-hmm. um, and they did zoodles. Like oh. zucchini noodles, um, and the patients there was like, "What the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> why are we eating this? Like, where's the pasta? It's green, yeah, you." Um, but um, but it was actually like really good, and like we showed them like you know like this is um like you know this is how you can make it like using this like little spiral thing, but also too like this is a good substitute from instead of having like um pasta which is like wheat or in the grains and that's a lot of carbs which like and if it's processed or like white. Um, it will uh, in your body. It'll uh, automatically go um, to convert into sugar, which again doesn't help your diabetes. But instead, you can have something like a zucchini, which um, you know like has like a lot of protein, has like fiber in it. Uh, it has like a lot of water in it too. Um, it fills you the same, but it's not gonna turn into sugar. It's not gonna um, contribute to your uh, worsening your diabetes. Um, so we get to do things like that. So that's essentially what the goal is. Um, so that's something that I hope to do within like the Marysville community where they can come and they can like practice if they want to, like they can grow their own things, um, and take their, and take the, the vegetables that are there. The other thing that I really want to learn how to do is do more with like yerbas mm-hmm. and like, um, medicinal plants. Um, because I don't think it's a necessarily fair to disqualify that. I think if people believe that those, um, medicinal herbs can help them, then, then like, why not? As long as it's not something where, like, they're also, it's going to counteract with, like, maybe a pastilla they're given as well. Right. Um, so that's something I want to learn how to do as well, and that's something that they, that's, like, tierra that they should be able to use because it's for the community, and so they should be able to, if they can't grow it, um, where, like, they live, especially because, like, in Skagit, um, county right now, even though I don't necessarily work there, but I'm, I'm going to be living there, um, there's a huge housing crisis, like, that isn't the available land to grow plants or vegetables or um anything of like that sort might not necessarily be available that's something they can supposedly those um the garden the back is someplace that they can use as an alternative Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and like you said i feel like that's just something we have to like slowly move towards and i feel like there can be like many ways like i'm sure like um one thing that i was thinking right now while you were talking was like you know i don't know if you've heard of the book um decolonizing your diet and i'm pretty sure it's like a latinx person or at least with like some sort of latinx background um that like wrote that book and I think like maybe like taking little recipes from that you know and you know it's funny it's like I feel like a lot of people like if you were to ask someone like hey like why don't instead of eating your you know like whatever you normally eat why don't you substitute that with like nopales instead or some other things they will be like okay yeah like that's not that hard or like yeah we used to eat like that at home but I think when you move here and then you see all these other food options that you didn't have back home it can be like really easy to be like well you know like now I know what pasta like tastes like and what can be like yeah. and how it can be used or like you know like you said pizza or these other things are now so much more available than they ever were back in mi pueblo back in the city I was in like, now it can just seem like such a nice default, and we kind of, like, forget, like, what yeah. we used to eat back home and, like, how we used to eat back home, and it can just be really easy to, like, and especially with the generations, you know, if, like, like, it's just, like, we get, like, we grow, because there's even things that you and I, you know, haven't even eaten that, like, I'm sure there's things that you and I haven't eat, eaten yet that, like, our family members ate a lot, you yeah. know, because that you just, like, slowly start losing, like, that culture and stuff, like, I'm sure there's still meals that, like, our grandmas could cook that we had like never tried before exactly. because they just like don't make them as much anymore either because the ingredients aren't available here or they just stopped eating it because they're like oh well that there's this other thing instead that yeah. I like you know mm-hmm. and like yeah that's like a really um two points that came up um mm-hmm. but one thing I was thinking about when you're saying that is um that yeah we come or, or like our families or our communities come from like um our like these like you know their respective countries and they come here to the U.S. But the most infuriating part, which again goes with the colonization um, and like the society that we live in, is that then the white folks here are being like, oh my gosh, did you know that you can eat cactus? Like, oh my god, it has all these like super like valuable uh, like nutrients. Yeah, like quinoa now is yeah. But again, now like for example, sobre el quinoa. Now communities that that like for example in Peru, like that's a big thing there. Now. 
people in Peru can't eat quinoa because it's being exported. Avocados! Yeah, avocados yeah, are like the so avocado big, prices yeah, right now. Literally, you know? people in Michoacan can't eat avocados sometimes. They're so overpriced. Yeah. yeah. You know, and but uh, here they're just like, oh yeah, did you know that avocados have like natural fat? Like, you know, it's like good for your body, like all these things. Same with the quinoa, like, you know, it's a good alternative yeah. instead of having like um, white rice, um, yeah, you know, cactus, cactus all these things, you know, and that's the thing is like they extrapolate they take these things they you know and it's an, it's it's a form of abuse it's a form of violence against our communities because they are literally first they're being forced to come to this country um for multiple reasons regardless of what like you know the political system says and then on top of that now they get taken away like their food you know and all these things but you know they're just like you know like the bad hombres and all the you know right. all these other yeah. things there's such a big double standard and it's it's infuriating and it's and when i'm here with my patients i'm like seeing them they're just like i'm trying to adapt i'm trying to find these things but i can't afford like a nopal right now like i can't afford to eat this i'm trying to eat like this pescado but like i don't know how to make it because like in my pueblo we used to make it like this but we used to use this kind of aceite and now i'm using this one like all these things right. um, and i think about like with other communities this has happened too right like obviously with the native people like we know they also like you know killed so many like like i think about how i just went to yellowstone them trying to kill all the bison so the yeah. native people wouldn't eat and then i think about people in hawaii like also all the food that's been taken out of there so the native people couldn't eat there so it's just like like you said just colonization just like really like it's trying to it was trying to i would say it was trying to because it hasn't been able to but it was trying to like really exterminate all of us through our food system because i know that's like at the core of everything we are yeah and and it it wouldn't say it's our responsibility but i'm putting that responsibility on myself for my own family with you know going back to what i said about like my race is rid of this that i want to change that um in terms of, like i want to put down like new roots and um counteract that generational trauma that's happened and it's right. it's i mean in the you know it can be a whole different episode about generational trauma um but and like different violences that, that have happened but like you know one of them is like this whole thing about like food and um and this our whole health. and our health um like and you know that bring, kind of brings it back to the other point where you were saying about like there might be foods that, like our families used to make that we don't eat anymore um and when i was talking to my grandma like uh you know i was talking about like you know like what were the things like that like you used to do what are things that your family used to do and i didn't know that apparently like there's like four generations on my grandma's side where um they used to work in the campos mm -hmm. and i was just like what because i'm such a city person i was like hell no <laughs> like you know missing with that um i mean now i'm gonna have to learn that of course us right um but they like, you know they used to do that and uh you know one prominent food that's like really common in south america is, is um yuca um and so like and like my family like they used to like um cultivar on eso um again uh, also with like you know with um with papas uh and um you know different things like that um caña i just told me about that oh, too yeah. um which that's I gonna be your next tattoo I know. <laughs> yeah. Sugar if you don't know i have a uh, avocado tattoo and danny has an avocado yes, tattoo magic tattoos <laughs> so yeah. now we're gonna get caña now we're gonna get yep i've been wanting a sugar cane now you can get sugar cane <laughs> there you go um you know, it's all these things, but, like, uh, you know, living here in the Pacific Northwest, like, um, this is not tierra where you can grow yuca. Um, and or even really find it. I you like can't find really it. I've, you know, I've, I've eaten it in other places, but it's, like, really hard. I mean, you know, like, for example, like, my dad right now lives in Florida, and there it's more prominent, but it's, like, um, because there's a lot more South American presence yeah. there. Or when we were in New York. And we were in New York, like, um, yeah, because, again, like, it's easier to export you on that side, you know, like, uh going to from florida to puerto rico like it's not that far like the caribbean is not that far um away so that's something that's like more prominent there but that's something that like in my genes um yuca has always been something prevalent in like our diet and it's not anymore and so like that's something that i i, I enjoy eating it when i can have it but it's hard to find and i don't know like how my body would react if i had that more like would I have a healthier diet? Would I know more alternatives to have? Um, and, you know, that's something, again, like, that's some trauma that I didn't realize that I had that, like, maybe, like, oh, like, that's something I can look into, like, um, that maybe this is something I need to reintroduce into my diet. And like, kind of going back to what you're saying about, like, you know, decolonizing your diet. And, right. Um, you know, I haven't read the book yet. I've heard about it. I have yeah. a lot of good recommendations about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't, I don't own it either, but I've seen, like, a couple recipes, like, online or people have posted and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's something like, you know, I, I want to learn how to do, but I want to learn how to do this sustainably. I don't want to be like, okay, I'm going to start eating yuca now. I'm going to start doing this. And like, I'm not going to eat any more of these other things. Um, 
because like you know i on the low i'll always still go get those um chicken nuggets like <laughs> <laughs> you know but also too like i need to be mindful of that because you know uh that's something like you know we don't have the one body need to take care of that you know like hope one day you know to have kids of my own and that's not something i want to pass on to them um you know especially you know like i said like with lily i want to be mindful about like what i'm eating because you know what if she sees me um, eating those things to be like oh i want to try that and now like, you know she's addicted to hamburgers you know you know yeah. like i i wanted to try other set a good things. example set it. a good example right. you know and i think that's something like you know like my um my sister and my brother-in-law they're really mindful about what they eat they eat like really well they're very fit people you know so she already has that like good um example for it but i think you know again like with these latinx communities like we grow together like it's a family thing and i like adore my niece like to the end of the world i love my sister like i spend as much time as i can when i go to california to spend time with them and so it's something you know like it takes a village right mm -hmm. to grow kids um to raise kids right i grow um, yeah, raise kids. Grow them too, you know? um yeah so that's something mm -hmm. that you know i want to you know, just be mindful of and and mm -hmm. think and think about and that's something you know i want to do like in practice like with my patients as well and about like what they're doing um and like what they're eating uh and yeah yeah so i guess um maybe to kind of like wrap some of this like themes that we've talked about so like as someone that's going you know into the medical field that's already kind of in the medical field um what do you think is like your responsibility and obviously your colleagues whatever um part of the medical field they're in in terms of the environment like how do you feel like you want to it's like you've been saying like especially we're in like like climate crisis right now you know we're in like all these environmental crises i mean the amazon's like burning up this week you know like all these things that are happening like how do you feel like in the medical field y'all can take more like responsibility in terms of the environment and like bring it together with like things like um your patients and like health and that yeah um i think this idea about the community gardens is a good um place to start i think it's our responsibility as, especially like for me as like you know being a um a first generation uh daughter of like immigrants not from this country obviously um that i need to give back to my community with like what i've learned and how i can actually make it so something sustainable for them whether this is like a behavior that they can start to incorporate and do it like more regularly um so that you know again like they have like prosperous lives prosperous, prosperous times with their family um and i think also this whole like cultural competency um i'm really fortunate and i that's i one thing i really love about cmar as well uh that there's most almost all the staff are poc um and a lot of them are latinx as well so like language barrier at least in the marysville clinic isn't really an issue um but again like communicating that information and like going up and beyond in the sense of making things accessible offering things like for example like cooking classes where it's like this is literally i will show you how you can make these things so that like now you don't have to eat spaghetti all the time now you can make zoodles now you can make uh you know like um butternut squash uh things like that that like you might not be super comfortable with because you didn't grow up eating that um as often but like now you can you know this is something that like it's it's a good change it's not i'm not telling you like drop everything else that you're used to but like, like how can you once a week this is something you're eating exactly you know? um and just making that i think the biggest thing like i feel like my responsibility and, uh, and of my coworkers as well is how can we make things accessible where their, pe where their patients are gonna like take the information and like do it at home so then they pass it on because of, you know to their kids to their grandkids and this is something that like we're gonna start seeing a decrease in, um, especially because like in the area where I'm working, where I'm living, there's a lot of like um, migrant workers, um, mm -hmm. and like you know we're in the summer right now, school is about to start, but for a lot of these kids, they stayed at home all day. They didn't get a chance to go out because again, you know, like doing summer camps can be like expensive. Um, it's not something, transportation might be an issue. There might not be someone to pick them up at the end of the day because like, you know, parents or um, guardians are working. Um, so again, like making those resources available for them, being like, you know, like here's these camps, here's this free thing. Um, if you want to do that, you know, like we really need to encourage that, you know, you're not giving your kids like pizza just because it's fast. Um, as a family, you all need to sit down. You need to do, um, you know, eat these things. Be mindful of what we're putting into your bodies. Because of the, uh, the other issue too is, um, you know, child obesity. That's a huge issue. And mm -hmm. that's a huge issue within the Latinx community. Um, right. I think it's, it's prevalent in other POC communities. Again, like my, you know, my experiences within Latinx because I identify as a Latina woman. Um, but 
I, and I, I see that a lot. And a lot of these parents, they don't know like what's happening. You know, they're doing what they were used to um, consuming when they were kids. But again, like it's there is this issue about like um, geography where it's right. just like, you know, like that's what you used to eat back then and in your country. But like you're in this country now and the food is not the same. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it, it looks the same, even if it like, looks the it's same. under the same name. Yeah. And then when you were saying like with the summer camps, even like just getting kids more outdoors in the summer, just in general, the whole outdoors like culture and industry we know right it's like very white too so it's yeah. like again national parks aren't free like you know a lot of the state parks aren't free too mm-hmm. like you have to pay for parking like the gear to go outside can feel expensive even though you don't at the end of the day you really can just like go with your regular running shoes and like whatever you know but it's like it doesn't feel accessible a lot of times exactly. you know the outdoors and combining it with food as well it doesn't really feel like accessible mm-hmm. you know and and especially for some place like marysville like it is has rural parts but it's pretty it's it's also a lot city and so in terms of like um relating back to the environment like in terms of like we want to do it more like with like the actual earth that's kind of hard too and that might not not always be accessible another thing too is like if you're in an environment where like you're always like working in the fields you might not necessarily want to be out in the fields or you have a negative relationship because the like land means work and it means pain and like we know that like immigrant workers like that is not yeah, like a sustainable job exactly. like it's it comes with a lot of it, it is historically and it still is very exploitative exactly. so like you know why would i want to like play outside in the dirt when like we just worked like you know over hours outside exactly. like it's a negative relationship at this point with mm-hmm. it but uh, in, even like if we you know look past like um like the earth like in terms of like, environment but like what's in your surroundings that's also different too um and it's different for like adults and it's different for um, kids and in you know all these different um, generations they, they have a different relation to like what they are what is and what is not accessible to them in their surrounding environments and I think for you know for example like my grandma like my grandma has um, this like one really good friend but you know she also has her own health issues and my grandma doesn't like to go outside alone so you know like kind of like there's like if it's not a, a safe place to walk around, if you need someone to go with, you can't, you only have one person, you know, like that makes things hard too. Um, we don't necessarily live in a society where it's safe for kids to be outside all the time anymore. Um, especially like some place like, you know, for example, like where CMAR is located in Marysville, it's, it's off a big busy street. So you can't go like, okay, let's we'll go walk around the block. You know, like that's like, it's heavy traffic. Um, you don't know what's going to go on. You know, people are weird for, for some reason in Seattle when it starts to rain, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, so like it's not always, it's, there's a lot of things to consider. And I think that's the biggest thing when we think about the environment and we think about our health is that it's a systemic thing in the sense that like one thing has a ripple effect to another, which has a ripple effect to another. Um, and that, you know, it, it changes on how like you behave. And then if your grandparents are doing it, then your parents are doing it and then you're not doing it. And like, who knows what's going on? So again, this whole thing about like, um, you may taking the responsibility upon yourself to be like, okay, I want to change these things. I see how I see what harm has caused my family. Um, and I want to make the difference now to make that difference. So I feel like it's a own responsibility with myself to be like, I need to help educate like my, my niece, my siblings, my mom, um, that like my grandma, like these things like need to stop. We need to change these things, but also too, I feel like, um, because of the role that I'm in now in society, I guess, um, or in the workforce that like, I, I know those things and that's something that's a information I want to share with my community as well. And not just with my own Latinx community, but also like with the community that comes in to the clinic and be like, these are things that you should consider here. You know, I, I know about this a little bit. Um, I'd love if you would tell me and we, we, how can we grow together? Like, what can you teach me and how can I help teach you? And like, and what, how can we do that? And it, it, this whole thing too, about like um, giving resources so that people can empower themselves. Um, I know like I, our beautiful mentor Beto always talks about like when we say like we're empowering people that's always with the idea that they are coming into the situation without power right. and I think that everyone has their own power and they have their own knowledge and it mm. might not be like um, you know from academia or like you know with the bachelor's degree or master's degree or whatever um, but I think also with that too like I come from a place of privilege because I was able to go through like the education system and I was able to go to university and get a bachelor's degree and that's what's allowed me to be in the position now so like I 
all I want to do is give back to my community um, and to any community and just be like, this is what I learned and this is what I think you like this can help you and um, how what what do you, what do you know from your experiences and how can we like um, co like learn and yeah co learn yeah. and like really cultivate this new thing. So I think you know even that in terms of like we're not necessarily cultivating vegetables or you know right. like, we're but they're cultivating like knowledge and that's something that hopefully that can spread for like generation and generation right. and at the end of the day like a lot of the like i think about my degree a lot and like urban planning and like within the environment like this is stuff that like we just went to college to learn but like our ancestors already knew like they've been yeah. knowing this information you know we just had to go the long way and like go through and like learn it through academia because of like colonization all these things like we didn't have access to like either our grandparents or like our grandparents didn't have access to that knowledge anymore you know so it's just like we just had to learn it a different way. And like you said, now we're in positions, hopefully in jobs that like can give back that way and like just keep like that knowledge flowing and stuff so that it stays in our communities. Yeah. Which I think is a really beautiful way to end this. But do you have any last minute thoughts? Anything else? Um, just be mindful of what you put into your body. Um, you can change your eating habits now it'll pay off in the end i promise it will i'm going to take the same information i'm giving you and apply it to my own life uh and with my own family um and just like you know be mindful um come to seymour <laughs> yes. is that you know that's just like a like a west side washington thing or is I it like think, all across washington um i think it's it's mo- it's throughout all of western washington um and i think they're trying to build um, an, uh, a clinic in Yakima. So it's starting to move towards um, Eastern Washington, but that's just within Washington state. Right. But there are a lot of other community health clinics that are like in, um, you know, all throughout the U.S. And, you know, those things are mindful, just something to keep in mind that like those are tend, tend to be more accessible in terms of prices. Um, I don't know like how it is like in other states, but I know like there's a lot of like sister sites. So, and I, I know that I forgot what it's called in California, but there's something there's a partnership between like CMR here and what it's called in California. Yeah. So maybe if you if folks are listening from outside of Washington, maybe just like Google like your local community health um, center, and I'm sure like you said there's probably like chains within that state, and just see if they have programs like what Danny was talking about, like community gardens or like other stuff relating to like outdoors, and maybe like folks can get involved and like help with like yeah, trips like that and definitely stuff. and yeah. also my last thing is just i want to say thank you to you for oh, letting me be you. here um i've listened to your other podcasts and the mm. other people that like you've interviewed and um i'm like really honored that like you asked me because i think like all these other people are like so smart and so beautiful and it's like awesome to think like these are all um you know other poc people and poc scientists and poc activists um so like i'm uh really grateful and honored and touched that like you invited me into this space so Aww, we're just you. gonna like cry now we're, we're just gonna like yeah we're just gonna end it so we can go cry yeah. now <laughs> oh well thank you and i'm so grateful to also like just come and just like me and danny have such a long history like we said we like did metro together we like had five years now or four years now of like friendship and i'm just like so excited to see where this goes and like i also feel i feel like everything i do i always talk about everything's like a collective and like this work at the end of the day is a collective because there wouldn't be races better this without folks to interview right and stories to tell so i really appreciate you saying that and being part of this so Thank you everyone for listening to Raices Verdes. I mean, this podcast really shows it. This is a podcast for healing our relationship to the earth as people of color. Um, to stay updated on future episodes and connect with us, um, visit the Instagram at Nuestras Raices Verdes, nuestrasraicesverdes.com. And then now we're on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, and tune in with Raices Verdes. Thank you.